Welcome to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast, your home for stories, inspiration, and advice from athletes over 40. I'm your host, Robin Leggett. I'm a later in life athlete who became a roller derby skater in my 30s and a runner and obstacle racer in my 40s. Now I'm an athletic aging coach who helps women over 40 experience the massive life benefits that come with exploring your athletic potential at any age and any fitness background. If that fires you up, keep listening. Let's do this. Seasoned athletes, I feel like I've spent a lot of time over these last bunch of months talking about steps you could take to reintroduce fitness into your life. And it makes sense. We're slowly starting to see the other side of this pandemic and starting to take those baby steps back into the world as we once knew it. I'm right there with y'all. I just joined a gym a couple weeks ago after over a year of working out in my garage and in my neighborhood. And of course, if you're trying to get back into your fitness routine and can't quite figure out how to make that happen, be sure to grab my free challenge called Your First Five Days, and I'll help make it easier for you to restart that dormant fitness routine. You can grab it at robinleggett.com five. But what if you're dealing with the opposite? What if you've been training and you find you've pushed it too far? Overtraining, injuries, and burnout are important issues for any athlete to look out for as they train. And if you're getting back to a training routine after over a year of inconsistent fitness, it may be harder than usual to spot the signs that you're entering into the dangerous overtraining or burnout territory. So today I want to talk about overtraining, what it means, the dangers, and the signs and symptoms to look out for as you train. And then I'll share some simple tips you can utilize to prevent reaching that point with your training. All right, let's dig in. Let's start with overtraining syndrome, which is a condition where you work out too much or too hard without giving your body enough rest and recovery. As a result, you may experience any number of physical, physiological, and psychological symptoms. These symptoms can include but are not limited to everything from increased likelihood of injury, increased resting heart rate, sleep disturbances, lower immunity and higher likelihood of getting sick, feeling depressed, anxious, and moody, and lack of energy, essentially experiencing burnout. So how do you know if you're reaching a point of overtraining? Well, that's hard to say because everyone's experience is highly individual. Your need for recovery is different than the next person's. Your symptoms may be different than the next person's. But this is definitely something you should be mindful of for a couple of reasons. First, as we age, it's important to put a greater focus on recovery. Yes, we can train hard at any age, but recovery is just as important and is required for optimal training adaptations. But like anything, it's a habit and it must be practiced over time. So if you're not used to making recovery a priority, you could be putting yourself at risk for overtraining syndrome. The second risk factor is that many of us are coming back to training after months of relative inactivity. And with that, we bring an expectation that we should be able to maintain the same intensity we had when we were training before the pandemic. But you may not be at the same fitness level you were at before the pandemic. And if that's the case, you need to be respectful of the fact that you likely need to be taking things a bit slower than you're used to doing. And you may need more rest and recovery. If you don't take this into account, you could be putting yourself at risk for overtraining syndrome and the mental and physical burnout that comes with it. So now that you know what overtraining is and you know what some of the most common symptoms are, what can you do to prevent it? 
And how can you come back from it if you are currently experiencing it? Let's talk about it. First, let's talk about prevention. Here are a few steps you can take to prevent overtraining syndrome before you start experiencing the symptoms. The biggest thing you can do is make recovery a priority, period. I'm talking daily, weekly, and recurring recovery practices. I don't know about you, but my biggest issue is that I used to be someone who treated recovery as an afterthought. I was a maybe I'll stretch if I have time for it kind of person. Do you relate? And when you're that kind of person, it can be especially hard to implement regular recovery practices. It can feel like work at first, but that's what it's like to start a new habit. And you want recovery to feel like habit, like second nature. So when you start, you need to be intentional about it. How can that look? Well, first, be sure to do a proper warm up and cool down with every workout. Cool downs are especially important for women since according to the book Roar by Dr. Stacey Sims, we experience a greater decrease in arterial blood pressure than men after workouts. A cool down period after your workout, which involves slower, less intense movement, keeps the blood flow going between your muscles, which is helpful for muscle repair. Additionally, make post-workout stretching a non-negotiable rather than an afterthought. My husband and I developed a practice where we stretch for one minute for every 10 minutes of training we do. And we do this every single workout. This is a simple way to implement stretching into your routine every time you work out. As for weekly practices, make sure you're including rest and recovery in your training week. The number of recovery days will vary based on your training schedule, but do not skip them. And if you're taking multiple recovery days per week, do your best to intersperse them throughout the week. As in, don't just work out on weekdays and recover on the weekends. Not only will that slow down your ability to make training gains, but it kind of defeats the purpose of having recovery days in your fitness routine. If you're training four days per week, as an example, look to do two days training, one day rest ratio, something like that. Intersperse your training days and your recovery days as much as possible. And for those of us who only have one or two recovery days, that's fine if your fitness level supports that. But again, be mindful of where you're at now compared to where you were before the pandemic, if that's applicable for you. It may be wiser to add another one to two more recovery days to your week as you're getting back into your routine. By the way, when I say recovery days, be sure you're including some sort of gentle movement in those days. You want to keep blood flow and circulation going in your muscles without stressing them like you would in a workout. Taking a walk, going on an easy bike ride, or doing a restorative yoga session can all be helpful. Beyond this, it can benefit you to add additional recovery practices that go beyond warming up, cooling down, and taking recovery days. Examples of this can include foam rolling, taking Epsom salt baths when you're feeling soreness and muscle fatigue, massage, acupuncture, even taking an ice bath after a hard workout. The latter is especially helpful for women since we have a harder time offloading heat when we exercise. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Bottom line, recovery needs to be scheduled into your workout routine, not treated as an afterthought. It is a non-negotiable. And that leads me to my next tip. Do not be afraid to take unscheduled recovery days, which may lead you to ask, how would I know when to do that? There are a couple ways you can figure out when it would be wise to take an unscheduled recovery day. An important skill for anyone to have is the ability to listen to your body, to know when it's time to take an extra day off, but it doesn't always come naturally. It starts by paying attention to how you feel on any given day. How did you sleep the night before? Do you feel rested? 
Are you more sore than usual? Now, soreness in and of itself isn't a reason to not exercise, but if you are feeling especially fatigued, it may be wiser to take an unscheduled recovery day and maybe just go for a walk that day. How is your stress level? Would you be better served by doing an intense workout or a gentle yoga session that day? The bottom line is this. On certain occasions, it may be wiser to take an unscheduled recovery day rather than push through just because your schedule says it's a training day. Avoid attaching any sort of guilt to taking an unscheduled recovery day. Your workout will be waiting for you tomorrow and you can get back to it if you're feeling better. If your gut tells you that you need rest, then rest. Now, if you don't feel confident in your ability to figure this out yourself, there is technology and tools available that will help you determine if you need additional recovery. Doing a heart rate variability check each day can help with this. Okay, so let's talk about heart rate variability. What is it? Here's the short explanation. It's a measurement of the time in between your heartbeats. If your body is in balance, the time in between your heartbeats should vary. If that isn't the case, your sympathetic nervous system may be temporarily more dominant than your parasympathetic nervous system or vice versa. Your sympathetic nervous system is your fight or flight response, and it's typically overactive when your stress levels are high. And when that's the case, rest and recovery can help bring things back into balance. Your parasympathetic nervous system is your rest and digest response, and it can be overactive when your body is in a state of overtraining. Your parasympathetic nervous system is kicking in because your body is craving rest and is trying to calm everything down. Rest and recovery is crucial here. I use an app called Elite HRV to do my heart rate variability check every morning. It connects with a chest strap heart rate monitor and takes about two minutes. If I have a low score, it means it's time for an unscheduled recovery day. By doing this practice, I can get data about things that are happening in my body that I may not notice myself. So this is one tool you can use to determine when you may need extra rest. There are other wearables like the Whoop Band that provide this data as well. The key is to use technology like this in combination with your own intuition as opposed to instead of. The more you can sense this stuff yourself, the better off you'll be. A simple thing you can do is keep a log or a journal and note how you're feeling each day, including muscle soreness, mood, sleep quality, stuff like that, and make note of changes over time. A great hybrid option for this is the wild.ai app. You can log how you feel each morning and evening in the app, as well as your workout information, menstrual cycle, and symptoms, and the app will give you individualized recommendations over time. It's a useful tool as you're working on developing your own ability to be mindful of the signs and symptoms of overtraining syndrome. My final tip to help stop overtraining syndrome in its tracks is to simply ensure you're prioritizing eating, hydration, and sleep. If you're training harder than usual, you need to eat enough food to fuel your increased activity, period. Women in particular are in danger of low energy availability because we're conditioned to value thinness over health and we undereat in comparison to the intensity of our workouts. I talk about this more in depth in episode 98, which is the Athletes Don't Diet episode. So definitely check out that episode for more tips on ensuring you're fueling your workouts properly. Make sure you're hydrating throughout your day and especially during workouts as dehydrated muscles are more prone to injury. And finally, sleep is crucial. Getting insufficient sleep can actually hinder your training progress as muscle tissue repair takes place when you sleep. You may feel like you can function day to day on limited sleep, but it always catches up to you. If you're not prioritizing getting at least seven to nine hours of sleep regularly, you may not even notice if you're experiencing sleep disturbances due to overtraining. 
If training is a priority, sleep needs to be a priority too. So do everything you can do to set yourself up for optimal sleep every night. How can you do that? Here's some simple things you can do to get that good, good sleep. First, be in bed with the lights out at least eight hours before your alarm goes off each morning. Even if you can't fall asleep right away, this is what you can do to tell your body that it's time to rest. Over time, you'll likely find that it's easier to fall asleep, so don't give up on this practice. Stop scrolling on your phone before bed. Yeah, I see you, and you're scrolling. Turn off those screens at least 15 to 30 minutes before lights out. Set up an optimal sleeping environment. This can include keeping your bedroom cool, hanging room darkening curtains, or sleeping with a sleep mask. Doing these things can help you fall asleep easier and sleep deeper each night. Take these simple steps and you'll find yourself sleeping better in no time, and it'll likely reflect in how you feel when you train. Okay, so these are the steps you can take to prevent overtraining syndrome, but what if you're already there and experiencing the symptoms? First step is to rest. Reduce your workout intensity, increase your rest days, and if there's any question whatsoever, take time off entirely and consult a physician. In most cases, overtraining syndrome is reversible, but you need to be smart about it. And the best thing you can do here is to talk to your doctor and go from there. And remember, you're not doing yourself any good by forcing yourself to train if you're feeling fatigued, overstressed, and burned out. The point is to enjoy it. Maybe not always in the moment, but definitely afterward. And if that's not happening, it's time to take a step back and note if you may be entering overtraining territory or if you're already there. You can always come back. There's no shame in taking a break if your body, mind, and soul need it. So train smart. Hell, even train hard if you're up for it. But always emphasize regular rest, recovery, fueling, and sleep to ensure that you can keep training smart for years to come. Love what you've been hearing on the Seasoned Athlete Podcast? Now you can proclaim your love proudly by rocking your own Seasoned Athlete apparel. The new and improved Seasoned Athlete merch store is now up and running, and we have everything from shirts, hoodies, and hats to home decor and accessories. I have even selected a handful of super fun Seasoned Athlete approved artist designs for you to choose from. Want a fun retro design shirt that says poop then run? Yeah, you can get that on the new Seasoned Athlete merch store. Check out all the designs and grab your perfect item at seasonedathlete.me shop.